Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Patricia Stark, who is a president of Patricia Stark Communications, which is a personal and professional development firm specializing in public speaking training, media training, body language, communication skills, and performance anxiety relief. In today's episode, we talk about her new book, Calm Fidence, How to Trust Yourself, Tame Your Inner Critic, and Shine in Any Spotlight. This book is a comprehensive guide to improving self-talk and outward communication skills in work, school, and everyday life. Welcome to Lifeology. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I am looking forward to this. I was telling you in the pre-call, I have really been practicing how to enunciate my words and making sure I say everything arti- as articulate as possible and to slow down. So <laughs> I appreciate your expertise here today with me. Uh, well, I'm taking my coach hat off today so there will be no communications judgment from my direction, I promise. I really I really appreciate that. <laughs> now, often people see us on this side of the camera or this side of the mic and they think, oh my gosh, they're so polished. How do they get there? Was that you? Were you this polished person? Oh my goodness, no. I am a reformed, terribly shy, uh, introverted, low self-esteem child who grew up to find many ways to try to overcome and overcompensate for that. So it was a long Mm. journey. So I'll never forget uh, how that feels. And I think that's one thing that my clients and students really appreciate is that I get it. I've been there. I know. When you were a child, did you know this is what you wanted to do? Because if you had that disconnect between you're just mortally terrified about something, but did you have a desire for any form of communication? Well, it's interesting because I didn't know that I did until Mm -hmm. much later when I stumbled upon some old audio recording tapes of me and some of my friends goofing around and I was hosting shows, interviewing them. And I didn't even remember that I was doing that. But at some point, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I guess I did have an interest, but I just didn't know it. And there was no one kind of around me cultivating that. You know, I was the youngest of four and my two brothers had gone into the Navy and my sister got married and had a child very young and all my friends were going to college. And I just thought, oh, I think this is something I should do. You know, we didn't have much money. My parents were just working hard to keep the roof over our Mm -hmm. head and put food on the table. And then I started majoring in business. And then I stumbled upon an introduction to communications class. um, And I just loved everything about it because it's such a broad umbrella. So many things fall under communications. And uh, when I started taking some of the classes, they really kind of pulled me out of my shell. One one class in particular for public speaking, I had this amazing, wacky, effervescent, just 
wonderful <laughs> woman who ended up being more of like a life skills coach and a confidence nice. coach more than just nice. a public speaking coach. And that was a huge turning point for me, just knowing wow. her. And she was amazing. That is fun. It's always the eye of someone like that in my life as well. It's funny. But she told me afterwards, after I graduated from graduate school, she's like, you know, James, none of the other professors thought you'd be good in psychology. <laughs> and I was like, really? now you tell me. <laughs> so wow. Years later. I think they didn't tell you during. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Now with confidence, oh. first off, tell me more about this word, because as you know, it's a, port a portmanteau, a fancy word that means two words blended together. How did you come up with that? Okay. So it's funny because when people announce the name of the book, if people aren't seeing it, the ear hears confidence, right? Sure. So uh -huh. it is a blend between the word calm and confidence and how it developed was through the coaching and training that I was doing over so many years, all of the requests and the desires from the students and the coaching clients seem to keep surfacing with these two desires. They wanted to be confident. And even if they were very proficient and expert at what they did, they could still experience stress and anxiety and get those butterflies and imposter syndrome and all of those things. So they also wanted calm. So they needed those two things together. And when I first started the idea of the book, it was only the last chapter that I was using that term in. And then suddenly it dawned on me. I was like, no, this is the theme of the whole book because who doesn't want calm and confidence, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. even you know, our coach, our teacher, our dog walker, babysitter, doctor, I mean, we want to feel like they're confident. And they're calm. And when I say calm, I don't mean like a low energy, mellow calm. I mean, like, you know, you're in good hands. They've got this. So, you know, you're going to be in good hands with them. But in order for people to feel that about us, they have to have the sense that we're in good hands with ourselves. So we have mm. to have that internal, that calm and confidence that springs from within that people can feel. We trust ourselves and then others will trust us. I really like how you quantify that because I was going to ask you how you really measure that first calm and confidence, but I, I like that because many times when I do public speaking, I, I know the content, but I may get up there and all of a sudden, it's not that I forget what I'm going to say, but all of a sudden I may have some self-doubt like, oh my gosh, or all of a sudden my throat tightens up and I'm like, oh goodness, I can't even talk. And so, you know, it's just like, I'm sure many people experience that as well. But I think there's a difference between the internal aspect of that calm confidence, and then there might be a disconnect of how it's presented. How do you help people walk through the internal to the external? Yeah. Well, it definitely happens long before you step on that stage or go on that interview or get on that tough phone call or any of those things. And this is all stuff that we can work on alone when the stakes aren't so high to build this internal foundation that will be there when we need it. And to also watch, and I know you talk about this on a lot of your, your programs, what are we saying to ourselves? What is that story? How are we explaining things to ourselves? And what are we visualizing? And unfortunately, when the stakes are high or perceived to be high, what is our defense mechanism? Oh, what's the worst that could happen? Worst case scenario, I better plan ahead because if something bad happens, how am I going to handle it? So we're constantly going through seeing and talking to ourselves about what could go wrong rather than saying, I know my plan. I'm going to visualize the positive outcome that I want. I'm going to talk to myself as my inner coach and not listen to my inner critic. And I'm going to prep myself in that way to go in front of these people or whoever it may be. And then knowing how do we get out of our own way and realize that even though it feels like the spotlight's on us, it's not about us if we can think the thoughts that help us be other serving rather than self-serving. 
So if you get up in front of a room and you really want to help these people and you really want to mm. inspire them or be of service or give them value sure. or make it be all about them in some way, it's a lot easier to get out of your own way and not get stuck in all that physiology and things like that. And know that that it's normal. Like I'll have people tell me, oh, I'm nervous. I shouldn't be nervous. I'm like, of course you should be nervous. This is important to you, right? So stop thinking being nervous is a negative thing. It's getting you ready. Those butterflies are helping you to get sharp and to have that energy you need. Mm -hmm. So you don't come across like a dud who doesn't give a damn about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to have that reframe because if you know that the purpose of why you're doing it, I think that emotionally connects you to the audience because then you're all there for the same reason. Yes, you might want to, you may be the, the quote experts and go the, the, uh, the speaker there, but if you're there for the same reason and want to enhance the environment, I mean, I automatically that would help me become more excited and more joined with the audience. Like, oh, okay, we're in this together. Right. Because you know what? They don't care at all how expert you are or how great you or other people mm-hmm. think you are if they don't get the sense that you care about them and that you're there to be there for them and it's not the all about you show. Yes. And your book uh, for my people who are just t- tuning in, Con- Confidence, How to Trust Yourself, Tame Your Inner Critic and Shine in Any Spotlight. You talk about how to create uh, conf- confidence boosters. What are those? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that we can do to boost our confidence that sometimes we just don't necessarily do. It's kind of like, you know, when you get up in the morning and you are having a low energy day, maybe you have to do certain things to get in work mode or get in performance mode or, you know, get yourself just to snap into, yeah, I got to interact with other human beings now. I can't just be my (laughs) schlub in my sweats and not be in this mode, right? So it's things like that. It's thinking to yourself, okay, how can I be grateful? How can I Think about the reasons that I'm here as far as showing up and having gratitude. It's self-care. It's you know, not going through compare and despair. It's, it's going into a situation and thinking about your inventory of why you've earned the right to be somewhere or why someone is asking you to speak or, or be the expert in the room or whatever it may be. So there's, there's so many of them in the book that I, I can't talk about all of them, but they're, they're all different things that you'll say, oh, of course that makes sense, but we don't always choose to boost or think to boost by mm. going through some of these uh, strategies. It's just not something, you know, it's almost like you have to remind yourself, I have to brush my teeth every day. I have to do certain things every day to yeah. stay motivated. There are things that you need to do every day to boost that calm and confidence in yourself. And it can be meditation. It can be, you know, you know you've mentioned in some of your programs, you know, what are those things that you, where, where you've succeeded? And times that you felt that you failed. And what were those things that you did when you felt your best, when you felt your strongest? And what were the things that didn't work? Mm -hmm. So it's taking an inventory. I I talk about in the first chapter, it's like checking in with what is your state of confidence in the morning Mm -hmm. or before you're about to go into a situation, checking in with yourself and saying, what are the thoughts I'm thinking? What am I visualizing today? And is it empowering or is it disempowering? Well, that is fantastic. It's, I just piggyback off that. I always help tell people to check in with yourself in the morning, just like you, and create two scales. Scale of one to 10, the best I feel emotionally and the worst I feel emotionally. Then the other scale is the best I feel physically and the worst I feel physically. Because often we put those two things together. So if I wake up in the morning and I don't want to talk to the world, 
that's my emotional state, but my body is, is great. So I have to remind myself, James, you can get up and do your responsibilities. And now recognizing that your emotional state's a little lower. Now that is something you can take a look at. Or if I do wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling well, well, I'm probably will stay in bed, but it does not have to affect my emotions. So sometimes we allow our emotions to feel a certain way and to tell us there is a thinking error, basically a lens we use that kind of messes things up, how we look at the world. And one of those is called emotional reasoning. I feel it, so it must be true. I feel I feel like I'm not a good speaker, so it must be true. And so we have those emotional reasoning thoughts. I feel, I think this, I feel it, it must be true. That is one of the worst things we can do because that's not true. Real quickly, and this is one of my favorite things that one of my guests told me, the, the antonym or the opposite word of belief is actually truth. So if I believe something to be true, according to the English dictionary, if I believe something to be true, it actually, excuse me, if I believe something, it does not mean it is actually true because I don't have enough of the information. So when you slow down and say, what is truth? Instead of what do I believe? Because if I believe something that's not 100% fleshed out, unfortunately, I'm doing myself a disservice. Right. Yes. I was stuck behind a car the other day that had this great bumper sticker that said, don't always believe everything that you think. <laughs> I love that. You read it and exactly. you think it's going to say, don't always believe everything you hear, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, some yeah, much true. of what that hearing is, is what we're saying to ourselves. Yeah. We're either talking to ourselves in an empowering way or a disempowering way, but we're also talking to ourselves when we are uh, deciding what other people meant or what the world mm-hmm. around us is saying about us or sure. thinks about us. So we're constantly doing that self-talk that is either going to build us up or knock us down. And unfortunately, most of us when will be very great mentors and friends to the people we love and care about, but not so good at being that to ourselves. Yes, yes. It's almost like an emotional bully of some sort. I always like to think of things, when, when I was a child, we would have the, the cartoons, we have a little angel, a little devil, and then they would talk to you. And it's yes, kind of the I same love, thing when it comes to your inner I love that you said that because I've, I've actually used that analogy on <laughs> shows that I've been interviewed <laughs> on. The, the inner coach and the inner critic is yeah. the angel devil. You are so, yeah. I love that we're on the same mindset with that. Yeah. Totally. Because think about it. Your inner critic is going to tell you all the reasons you're not good enough all the reasons to try to protect you. It's really just a scared child, which is you in the back of your mind, thinking worst case scenario, trying to protect you, all of those things. But then you do have that angel. You do have that inner coach where you can Mm -hmm. talk to yourself and you can dispute what that inner critic is saying. And you can say, well, no, that's not true. Just because I failed there doesn't mean I'm a failure. Just because I went off the diet and ate a taco yesterday doesn't mean that I'm a diet failure. Now I should just eat whatever the heck I want because I suck. You know, so it's a way of saying to yourself, all right, you know what? I might have both the angel devil, but like the old story about the wolves fighting, you know, it was like a story mm-hmm. where this grandfather was talking to the child and said, there's two wolves constantly uh-huh. in your mind and one is negative and one is positive. And the child says, well, which one wins? Which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one that you feed. Exactly. So which one are we going to choose to feed? And we are the boss of our brain, as I always used to tell my son growing up, and we do get to choose. And at some point mm-hmm. as an adult, we, it's a conscious effort, whether we're going to be a pessimist or an optimist. And you asked me about the boosts a little earlier. There is something that I call a negative comfort zone. So we all know what a comfort zone is, right? Mm -hmm. But we have negative comfort zones that feel pretty Mm -hmm. good because they're a set point. They're a safe point. Mm -hmm. They feel comfortable. They feel like, well, I've always been this way, or people have always told me I've been this way, or we like being miserable. We like being pissed off. There's all of these things that feel like home to us. They feel like a comfort zone, but they can be a very negative Mm -hmm. place. 
doesn't mean that a comfort zone is always sure. a, a good place. I really like that reframe. That's, that's incredibly important because sometimes people don't realize that if they are living in that negative comfort or that dis, that dysfunctional comfort, then unfortunately they're, they're doing themselves a disservice. Piggybacking off of what you said earlier, you said as far as, you know, we were talking about the angel and the devil. It's kind of like the same concept. Both of those, as they talk to you, they talk to you in a hypothetical. James, you are going to do really well or James, you're going to do really poor. Both ask you to believe the same thing, something that may or may not be true. So if I do 100% listening to this this little devil here, like, oh my gosh, you're probably right, versus 100% listening to the angel, they both ask us to believe in something that is not yet true. So we get to determine what is the truth that we believe based off of the inner critic or that that coach that you're talking about. And I think it's so important because it's always an option. As, what is it, three seconds before self um, self-sabotage happens? So if I want to try something new, and all of a sudden I say, um, for example, if I want to wake up really early, 5 a.m. and go to the gym, incredibly ambitious. If I wake up, the alarm goes off. If I don't get up within three seconds, boom, I'm going to hit that snooze button. And I'm going back to sleep. And I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow right. never comes. But that's the same thing. It's so important to catch those inner critics because as soon as it happens, it's so easy to go down that rabbit trail, lose ourselves, And then we're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. When all it was was just simply slow everything down. Wait a second. There you go. There's your, there's that, that self-coach. Yeah. It's like Mel Robbins five second rule. Like you sit there and you say, okay, (laughs) what am I going to do? Like I have to make a decision here. And you know what? It's also important to say, you know, you've been working really hard. You didn't have a great night's sleep. And all of a sudden, you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up for hitting that zoom today, but tomorrow I'm going to do better. So it's always having a growth mindset and always saying nothing is permanent. I am not a tree. I am not stuck. If I want to make a change, I can make a change at any time and to understand yes. that that is always in our power to do so and to not let ourselves again get stuck in making things sound permanent whether we're talking about our belief about ourselves our abilities any of these things nothing is permanent unless we allow it to be so we'll be right back after these news from our sponsors are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. I am back with Patricia Stark. We're talking about her fantastic book, Confidence, How to Trust Yourself, Tame Your Inner Critic, and Shine in Any Spotlight. Uh, for those people who are just joining with us, you definitely have to listen to the full part of the show, or the first part of the show. Fantastic. I've learned so much already, and I can't wait to learn even more. Now, we talked before about how you start your day. Um, it's pretty much indicative of how your day is going to go. So how to prepare yourself. Then if you're going to speak, what are some things that people can do just before they speak to help them just relax? Yes. So... I get it. Look, before you walk into that spotlight, get on that call or, or interview or, or on, you know, on the media, where, whatever your thing is of that mm-hmm. communication thing, you're, you're going to have a physical reaction because that's the nature of our body and our mind getting ready for something that you perceive is, has a good price on it or a high price on it, right? So mm-hmm. we want to get control of our physiology because it's very hard to think straight if you're heart rate is up, if your breathing is up, if you're sweating, if you're having that out of body, out of mind experience, you're not going to be able to feel like you're in control of the situation. So the first thing you want to get under control is your breathing, is your breath. 
So you want to take a big, deep breath, hold it for a minute, and then release. And when you release, let it go slowly. You know, how many times have you heard people say, oh my gosh, just take a deep breath. You know, it's not (laughs) in the breath. It's the the relief and the magic is in the exhale. And when you do that, also watch the talk. So what I will talk to my clients about, or I'll even do for myself, I'll say, as I'm breathing and I'll say, calm and confidence. Like I'm breathing in calm. I'm breathing in confidence and I'm holding that now. And now when I release, I'm going to say I'm breathing, I'm letting out stress and anxiety. I'm pushing out any negative visualization or stories that I've been telling myself. If I'm seeing myself fail, I'm literally excising that from my body and my mind, pushing out through that breath. And what's going to happen a couple of times of doing this, you're going to get your breathing under control. You're going to get your heart rate under control, but also understand it's not going to go back to your normal set point. It is showtime. You're going to be in a heightened sense of body, mind, and spirit and awareness. And at some point in my career, instead of having that feel like a negative thing, it felt like a positive thing. Just like, you know, going Mm, off the high dive or jumping out of a plane. And this is why there's extreme sports, because at some point that athlete finds that comfort zone and they're no longer getting that rush. And what do they do? Mm -hmm. Now they need more. Now they need to up the ante. So just know it's part of the territory. It just means that it's showtime and you're going to be ready. So in addition to getting a control of that breathing, you want to also do this thing where you clear your mind. Um, Mark Thornton, who wrote this great book called Meditation in a New York Minute, I trained him years ago for his media tour. He was this stressed out Wall Street person that was always feeling like his health was at risk because of the stress, started taking meditation classes, ended up quitting his job, and then just doing meditation in corporations to help people not get ill from stress. And he taught me this great little quick thing that anybody can do for 30 seconds to a minute. So all you want to do is close your eyes, be away from the noise and and other people if possible, but you can do it anywhere. And just picture your mind as a shaken snow globe or a glass of water that has, you know, all kind of um, mud or something stirred up into it, dirt. And you just, everything's floating around, right? So the gist of it is close close your eyes and picture everything's slowly settling. The, mm-hmm. the snow is settling or the dirt is settling. You pick, you choose your adventure. It doesn't matter what it is. But the main thing is, is you slowly want to see everything settle. And now everything is a nice blanket, whether it's a blanket of snow or um, oh, dirt at the bottom. And now you see a clear globe in your mind. And now your mind is clear. You'll be less mm. Uh, stressed as far as that heart rate that will work for the other things we talked about with the breath. Mm -hmm. And the main thing is, is that this is also a distraction. So it gets everything to settle. But now Mm -hmm. you feel like you have more clarity of mind. So you're going to think straighter going into the situation. That is fantastic. I wanted to piggyback off that from a psychological approach. So most people, when they have panic attacks, so they, they, most people, when they inhale real quickly and they keep inhaling, they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't breathe. And the reality is they can't because their lungs are full. So just like you said, the magic is in the exhalation because when people are, have, are struggling at all, they, they literally fill their lungs up to full capacity and that's when they get more anxious. So the less you can actually breathe, of course, the more stressed out we're going to be. So that's why it's so important to really corroborate what you say is the exhalation is so important. And so the multiple times you do that, it really gets to the depth of your lungs. The nitrogen even comes out. You're able to really get all that fresh oxygen and you're able to then restart. Yeah. The other really yeah. cool thing I like about what you said as far as the snow globe. In fact, it's funny as you were talking, I don't know if you noticed this, but towards the end, your your speech slowed down just a little bit and you're cal- we're a little more calm. And I was like, oh, I feel calm too. Good, good, good. <laughs> I was like, I'm really going to try that. But it's funny because that's almost like a, um, like a uh, Qigong 
type of meditation when it comes to the Eastern medicine or Eastern uh, philosophy. And so it's a form of the visualization of taking that. And so when people are stressed out, usually our looping thoughts go over and over and over again. But if you can visualize and use your internal minds, um, one of your five senses, so as this is going to be your sense of sight, all of a sudden when you visualize that, that's when things start to or focus on the putting things back to center as opposed to using that energy for those anxious thoughts. So fantastic. Yes, yes. I'm definitely going to try that as well. Great. And you have to also think about what are the tapes that you're playing? Are you seeing yes. yourself? Are you remembering like bad uh, speaking experiences or bad conversations in a relationship or with a boss or whatever? If you're constantly carrying around that luggage and replaying it and reliving it over and over, that's the state of being mm. that you're going yes. to be going in going into another situation. So I worked with a client recently who had terrible, terrible fear of speaking, even amongst her her coworkers. And we went through this. She was going to actually, actually, so she was an expert in something and she had asked to be on a panel. And mm. I discovered that all she kept visualizing was herself blanking out, sounding like an idiot, mm. not sounding like the expert that she is. You know, she kept going through, that's what she was living with leading up to this event. So I walked her through this and I said, okay, now what we're going to do is I'm going to have you close your eyes and you are going to narrate through telling me exactly what's going to happen on that stage, how you're going to look in a a great way, how are you going to feel, the answers that you're going to have, you know, great conversation with the panelists and the moderator right up until getting great, great feedback from people in attendance and your coworkers. And it was so hard for her to do this because she was never in this positive mode of seeing what she really wanted to have happen. I had her narrate this whole way through. And at the end, she started to cry. And she's like, it's the first time I saw myself succeeding rather than failing. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And (laughs) I spoke with her afterwards and it's, you know, there's a lot of years that go into us having these feelings of Certainly. inadequacy or not good enough or just bad communication skills or whatever we've decided our self-concepts are that, you know, the lies we've been telling ourselves or listening to lies from other people. So it does take time. But you know what? Even if you're that much more confident or that much more calm, it will build on itself and it'll keep getting better and better and better. But, you know, it, it once I realized how important important what we were visualizing and what we were saying to ourselves was my whole life and my whole world changed. And I remember hearing someone talk about the idea of like anything other than what you see from nature, look around you. Everything had to be an idea in someone's mind first before it became reality. So ideas are powerful and they can be self-fulfilling and manifesting. So Guard what you are saying to yourself and guard yes. what you are envisioning with your life because yes. it's all only up to you. And that's the only work that you can do internally within that no one can do for you. Exactly. Whatever a person thinks, that's what they become. So, <laughs> Patricia Stark, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. You don't need me to endorse this, but I highly endorse your book, Confidence. Confidence. I want to make sure that everyone here is at confidence. Oh. How to trust yourself, tame your inner critic, and shine in any spotlight. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, to learn all this about you, to purchase this book, where they find this information online? Oh, sure. Thank you. My website is patriciastark.com. Uh, Instagram is Patricia Stark Communications. So is Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, the book is available at Barnes Noble, Amazon, your favorite bookstore. You can download it from Audible, anything. But I can't thank you enough for having me on your show. I enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you for the opportunity. 
My pleasure. You are welcome back anytime. My viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you with Patricia Stark. Once again, thank you so much for your expertise. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, James. I appreciate it as well. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.